All right, all right, all right. We're going to go live. Hello, everyone. We're going to get interesting. We're going to go deep. Maybe a little bit political, but not too much. It's an interesting time. It's 2022. And we have got here the call to action. Who is going to be the next Reaper president? Well, we'll have to see down the line. But here today, we're going to talk about a few alternative candidates. I feel that might pique your interest. We're going to speak heart to heart on the level and learn about what they're all interested in. So in the next 10 seconds, I'm going to go all right. LinkedIn, YouTube, we're going to learn it all together. Five more seconds and we will be ready. Three, two, one. Hello, everyone. I am Stephen Drew, and we are live on YouTube. We are live on LinkedIn. And as you can see, I am joined you up a mirror with a lot, a lot of guests because this is the call to action. Has things for the RIP election 2022. Who's going to be the next Reba president? Simon has done a great job, or whatever you may think you might have your views, and you can bring them to the live debate. But we're not going to talk about the current Reba president. We're going to talk about the next Reba president. And I am here with a few people who have rise to the occasion and have talked and have applied and, and, and have put their vote in for the call to action that we put out. So for anyone that's been under a rock and you wanted to check out what's going on, I'm going to tell you all about the call to action here. So we post questions for who wants to be the next week president. And we believe the next week president Needs to represent the membership, needs to represent uh, the memberships of the Institute beyond the empty slogans and the self-serving initiatives. Too much drama. We want to talk about and we want to utilize the collective energy and knowledge to support the candidate who is ready to prompt meaningful changes. We want to see meaningful changes within the RIPA. So on that note, I've got a lot of people here joining me. So we're going to go, I guess, well, I've got, I've got a list here. We're going to mix it up. So I've got Hannah Deaker, who is down here. So Hannah, welcome to the stage. I'm going to give you a nice little clap. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank well, you. Kids. My pleasure. And then I've got Benjamin Champion, who's kind of one over here. So Ben, good to have you here this evening. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. Where are you? Where are you from? Where are you at the moment, Ben? Are you in, in London? I'm in London. All right. Well, you get a clap anyways for being here and also being <laughs> in London. And as well as that, next time we go, Moira, how are you doing? Hello. Hi, everybody. Hello, Stephen. What's up? I can I can give you another clap, but we're getting so many claps here as well as that, isn't it? Yeah. All right. And we might have Henry Pally joining us as well, but Henry is... Henry's daughter is unfortunately a little bit unwell at the moment. So maybe Henry's going to be doing uh, a little drop in. But more so than that, I've got as well two fellow council members of the Royal Institute of British Architects who have to put up with me. But more importantly, let's introduce them. So below us, we have the fantastic Victoria. Victoria, how are you doing this evening? Victoria as well. Oh, you're off mute. Victoria, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, thanks. I'm recovering from COVID, so excuse me if I cough, but I'm all good. 
That's don't worry. That's what the mute button's for. Mute up and enjoy and buckle in for the ride. And Victoria's going to help me with the questions. So thank you so much for that. And all the way over in this corner, we have Mariam, who is also on the RB Council. Hi, how are you doing, Mariam? You okay? Hey, Stephen, how's it going? I'm surviving, just doing uni work. We're close to deadlines. So, you know. You're close to the deadlines and you're still here with us this evening. So, A for effort on the dedication. And is it Manchester University that you're in? Yes, yes, I am. All right. Final year. Final year. Yeah, Richard Brooke and everyone at Manchester, all my old tutors, better give Marion a good grade. She's doing this as well as Manchester. So thank you for being here, Marion. Give you a round of applause. All right. So we're kind of live. You know, we're, we're, we're in good comfort. We're friends here. But let's talk about this. So this is going to be the hosting. So this is about people understanding what you're all about. So, guys, I'm sure there's something that made you reach out. When we put the call to action, you felt like there's something there. I kind of want to go for this. I, I'm interested in this. And, hey, I'd like to share my thoughts on what I feel should be part of the next RABA presidential candidate. So I think, and tell me, Victoria Mariam, if I'm right here, we're going to go through together a few of the candidates here, hear about what they're going to say. And as well as that, I do have comments from the audience. My goodness, I've got so many comments. I'm trying to work out um, what's going on. People, people say they can't hear anything. Is there a sound issue? But I think, I think we're all here. But it, I think can, can, we can all hear each other, right? So hopefully the sound works out. Anyone in the audience, if there's still a sound problem, let us know. Well, I think that we, everything here is working. You can hear me. Can you hear everything? So apparently the sound is fine. So I was getting really worried. Look at this. All the sound problems. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? That would be a bit of a drama already, isn't it? Simeon says, put the volume up indeed. Simeon, here we go. <laughs> All right. So it's working now. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. You just don't know where these things. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of being live. So on that basis, let's go ahead now. Aha, Jane Duncan. Lovely to see you. Thank you, Jane. Also, really appreciate the support. Everyone in the architecture industry. So let's crack on with this evening. So. Hannah, I have you here up the front. And guys, Marion, Victoria, you tell me what, but should we go around and give the potential candidates? You think we should just give them a little bit of full space and I can stop talking and we can let them talk about what they and why they wanted to put themselves forward for this? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's why we're all here, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. On that basis, I will mute myself in a second and I am going to open the floor up so hannah what i'm gonna do now is i'm going to give you the floor space so let's see if i can pin you and give you the solar layout so hannah you have the screen i'm gonna bring up the banner as well but hannah please feel free to talk about everything you want to talk about Thank you. Yes, thanks. So um, for those who didn't read the little bios that we sent out, so my name is Hannah Deacon and I work in Oxford and I've been working as a project architect for nearly three years, uh, running projects on site at the moment, which is obviously a great experience. But I think everything in that call to action was, you know, I feel like I live that every day, you know, just constantly battling to actually just one, do a good job, 
like to have people listen to me and like you know especially about climate change and you know things that will affect our lives for the or the rest of our careers whereas you know directors for example you know they're ready for retirement and it's not really their priority so I think that's part of partly why you know I entered myself and obviously to support other brilliant candidates for the, the same the same cause I think my primary action as president would be to strip practices of their chartership if they don't display um, commitment to reducing climate change now obviously we can get into the how maybe that could work but essentially that's sort of my bold statement is that you know if you're not reducing climate change or reducing your impact then you shouldn't be an RABA charter practice and uh, you know we need to make the RABA 2030 challenge climate challenge you know stronger and mandatory um and look at um you know improving the education side of things getting passive house training into courses things like that is part of what I'm passionate about I think other things such as you know looking at um the sort of RIBA HQ refurbishment supposedly is 20 million pounds when we've all read, you know, that the diversity and inclusion budget has been cut dramatically when, you know, there's an easy decision here. If you need some more money, don't spend 20 million pounds on stuff that's not necessary. And I think we could also use, you know, we need to use that amazing facility. You know, it needs to be opened up to all architecture um, and design sort of communities and organizations, not just RBA. It needs to be open to all so that it can be a proper platform and there needs to be subsidized or free access to it, not sort of the high rents that, you know, people buy, you know, book it for weddings and things like that at the moment. It's just, it's not, it's not, you know, providing the facility that it should. Um, so, yeah, that's the kind of what my sort of two sort of primary aims would be. And I think obviously there is, of course, the, you know, the brilliant work done by Future Architects Brunt in bringing, you know, awareness of the unpaid overtime and how actually charter practices should be paying overtime as, you know, as kind of chartered law, if you like. So I think that's pretty much sums up what I am passionate about and why I applied. Excellent. Thank you so much, Hannah. And especially being the brave soul that goes first. So I will take you <laughs> off there and clap and we're working this Thank all you. out. And so for anyone who's listened before that couldn't hear us, all of this will be on YouTube and you'll be able to get it. And I'm confident because us on stage could all hear each other, you will get that as well. But Hannah, I could hear you loud and clearly. And that was great. The last quick thing, because we've got to do a little bit of an Instagram social media soundbite. So if you were to summarize everything that you're going for in 10 to 20 seconds. So a quick, quick, quick elevator pitch, which will be the soundbite. Can you tell us lastly and reiterate why people should vote for you? Okay, so my primary action as um, president would be to strip all practices of their chartership if they do not commit to reducing climate change. And we need to open up Portland Place for all. Brilliant, brilliant. There we go. That was just like to the point, huh? There you go. I like it. The drive, the tenacity. And I agree. Well, sustainability is very important. And I love your ambition with the Portland place. So on that note, I appreciate that.
And I'm going to open this up to who else I have here. So I have Victoria Mariam. Victoria, do you think we should go around the other candidates first and then open up the questions? Or should we ask a few questions to Hannah now? What do you two think would be the best way to go about this? Um, I think it might be good to kind of introduce everyone and, um, you know, get to know the rest of the candidates. And then we can sort of dive right in, give the audience a bit more chance to get to know them as well. And then maybe ask some specific questions from the audience, too. Excellent. All right. Fantastic. And there is that is a good point, Victoria. You can talk in the audience and you can ask the candidates questions and we will come to all those questions in due course earlier i had the scare of my life when people were saying they couldn't hear anything but we passed that point and it seems like people can hear us as jane kindly told us and now you have a chance to ask us questions so during this you can ask us questions because we were informal we're working out as we go along so please 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 do ask questions because i will bring them up on the stage, as long as they're not anything naughty, you know, I can't do that. I don't want to get banned on LinkedIn, but anything else is absolutely fair game. So, look, thank you again, Hannah, for being the first. I'm going to move this on to the next candidate, which I have on my list. And this list is not about who's more important or anything. It's just a list which come through. And the next person on the list is the fantastic Benjamin Champion. Now, Benjamin, I know because we met during the Arctic Social, but Benjamin, for everyone else, who doesn't know you, what would be awesome is if you can introduce yourself in your own words. And then from there, you can say whatever you want as well. So the floor is yours, Ben. I'm going to bring you up now. Tell us all about yourself. Tell us all about what you're interested in. And when you're ready, let me know and we'll take the spotlight away from you. Great. Okay. Hi, everyone. So yeah, I'm Benjamin. I'm a newbie architect. I've been qualified a little over a year um i work on data centers uh and over the last sort of six months i've been working putting together a event for the London festival of architecture to try and raise money for homelessness charities as a thing architects can do to help uh i ran last year for a council seat at the same time as stephen didn't win obviously um i'm west uh champion for part threes in westminster and if I don't say it, Stephen, well, I play lots of Dungeons and Dragons, and that's why Steve and I know each other, basically. Um, so, yeah, so as far as this goes, I mean, the Reba's huge. It, it's important, and everyone knows about it. I knew about it before as an architect. But it, my, my way of my reason for coming at this is that it just doesn't really work for us. I don't know if it did before, but it doesn't anymore. Um, so sort of the three key things I kind of picked out. Uh, first of all, the Chartered Practice Code of Conduct, which Hannah basically pointed out, has been updated in six years and doesn't really do anything to protect us as workers. It seems to mostly be about making sure the, the practice is protected from clients rather than protecting us. If if as an employee, you have an issue with your practice not following the code of conduct, you're supposed to complain to your employer and then wait for that to go and then maybe complain to Reba. So first thing would probably be to fix that so you can just complain to Reba and get Reba to actually take the practice to task for not following the chartered practice code of conduct. And also as part of that, getting that paid overtime in there because 
that's just ridiculous and shouldn't be something we're still talking about, really. Um, then you've got issues like the salary guide coming out every year that seems like they're useful, and then it turns out that actually employers go, oh, this is what you should be earning because that's what everyone else is earning. So you can have that rather than actually assessing things and, again, bringing us all up. And again, I mean, I think I'm noticing a pattern here. Most of what <laughs> my reasoning is, is similar to Hannah's, you know, spending 20 million on Portland Place and then firing a bunch of staff. How, how is how can Reba treat its staff that poorly? And then we obviously expect it to make our employers treat us well. It, it needs to be across the board, an improvement for everyone involved. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of big issues with with the overtime, climate change, everything that we want to address. I think my key thing is that really the Reba president should be a facilitator for improving this. We should be getting people, there are a lot of people far smarter than me and far more qualified for most things. I be, you should be getting them involved to fix these things rather than the president See, still existing with this antiquated idea that we have in architecture of one great person coming up with all the designs and every building is that one person. You know, when was the last time Foster actually was involved in drawing a detail? I don't know. Maybe he does it a lot. But that's my point. We need to work as a team with everyone and not be siloed in Portland Place. Well, not in Portland Place because none of us can afford to rent it out, as Hannah pointed out. Yeah. Excellent. There you go. Excellent. Ben, I'm going to give you a round of applause, right? So I'm going to give you a round of applause. But just before I take the spotlight off you, because it's not over and I'm going to torture you with kindness, you have 10 to 20 seconds now to give us your Instagram quick bite, why people should vote for you. So this is going out to social media. This is going to be your quick bite. Is Can you tell us why people should vote for you? Yeah. So if I'm... We were president. I think I'd act as a, a champion, pardon the pun, uh, of those who can actually contribute and encourage a, a collaborative improvement to our our profession. Excellent. Um, well, 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 look, well done, Ben. I don't know if I cut you off from there, but we'll give you another soundbite if you want. Oh my gosh, the spotlight's on me. How horrendous, you poor guys in the spotlight. But look, well done for championing on with it. Now I'm seeing in the comments, I'm seeing all this stuff like it's froze for me, are people listening? I'm refreshed live. Well, all this will be on YouTube at the end and you can watch everyone's recordings in their entirety. I don't know if someone on LinkedIn is... Um, doing who knows what or whatever but this is also on youtube and in my experience the youtube recording is usually the fastest maybe on linkedin it can't handle seven of us who knows but the show goes on we're not going to give up here because we've got more people here we've got questions as well and i can see that people are kind of jumping in and out so we're going to do as well as that now so we are going to keep moving on right so next so i'm sure henry i think henry's away you know with the kids we'll, we'll, we'll move to that but we have another guest over here to my left here for me so here we are tell me all about yourself tell me who you are 
what you're about, why you were interested in being the next yeah. Reaper president. I'm going to bring up the solo layout. Okay. Go for let's, it. Let's kick off. Yes. Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Muiwa, Muiwa Oki. I'm an architect at MACE. I'm in the design and digital team. Uh, and in my previous practice in, in Grimshaw, I was the founder of the multi-ethnic group in Allies Staff Network, which was about creating visibility and empowering uh, um, minority ethnic groups uh, within the within the office. I've also been mentor uh, to aspiring uh, architect with the Grimshaw Foundation, uh, which ex exists to encourage greater social mobility within architecture, within the wider. Uh, architecture industry. I've I've, I've been part of uh, Reba practice clinics um, on EDI leadership, participating in panels. Uh, I've also been participating in panels with the Reba Radio. I regularly contribute to um, the uh, Mayor of London Design Future Challenge. And on the side, I try to to work on a design tech uh, uh, venture with a friend of mine, uh, which is focused on using digital tools, digital twins. And making that affordable. The reason why I'm here today, one of the reasons why I'm here today, is partly because of that FAF letter a couple of years ago that brought to the spotlight the issues of overworking that is still prevalent um, in the industry. And I have similar, some similar experiences in my part one, where I had to work um, up until 1 a.m. and instead of getting uh, some sort of support from my my superiors i was told why didn't i secure the the premises or and more importantly why didn't i finish the work at hand so what i'm here to do is to create a little bit more visibility of these issues and and eradicate them Be become the voice of empowerment for disenfranchised and underrepresented groups within the industry but also more importantly be collaborator I want the RIBA to be collaborating with specialist groups like the UKGBC, like the Green Finance Institute, like AJ, um, on issues and policies about tax on the high level, but also collaborate with the younger generation about issues with environment and climate change. Because getting these pool of people together people on the higher level, experts, and also from the grassroots is only the key, the key change that we need to make change possible for everyone. Um, I also was inspired by um, this documentary, Knock the House Down, about uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Everyone knows her. She is the freshman, um, freshman in 2020, freshman, um, uh, House of Representatives in the U.S. House of Representatives. And I, if she can do it, I think uh, everyone should be spurred on by her example and make sure that they can make the changes happen in any little way they can in their little communities. And that's why I'm here. Amazing. Wow, there you go. All right, all right. So I'm going to keep the spotlight on you. So sorry, because it, it's... It's dangerous I click anything because I actually just kicked Ben off the whole live stream by trying to remove him. So sorry, Ben, you know I love you. But please, 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 before we move away from you, in 20 seconds, elevator pitch. Uh, if anyone is blasting through Instagram and they're too busy, they've got lots of stuff going on, why should they vote for you, mate? Um, 
Well, I would like the river to be more visible. I would like the river to be more visible within the built environment and also be visible with its members. I would like the river to be more collaborative with specialist interest groups and also the younger generations to create change that means something. Amazing. That is what I'll do as a river president. Excellent, excellent. So I'm going to remove you from that layout and I'm not going to remove you from the live stream. So Ben, I've got to apologize to you, Ben. And so Ben, do you accept my apologies for kicking you off the live stream? Well, I guess. I'm new with this, Ben. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I've never had like hosting or anything. So do me a favor. If 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 anything else happens, you have fully permission to become the host. But until then, I'm going to feel here. That's a my- terrible idea. Yeah, come on, you'll enjoy it. You're going to be the Reaver president, and I'm sure you can handle being a host. I've got all my confidence in all of you. And look, that was super inspiring to hear about because I would have loved to hear that, especially when I was a part to an industry. So I think at this point, so we can do a bit of an interlude. So for anyone wants to relax maybe we put on a bit of elevator music thing. can anyone hear my elevator music can anyone hear it oh no yeah right, so we're gonna relax okay so this is the interlude point where we can chill out so mariam and victoria my two compadres you've got to help me as the host here do you think we should open it up to questions to these guys and also from the audience if there's any questions from the audience maybe they can say specifically to the candidates their questions and we can do it what do you guys think definitely it's a democratic process you know they're going to be the voice of the people so they should be ready to pack the punches of anybody who asks anything Um, let's see you know, I believe uh, we've got a good group, and uh, let's see, let's see what happens. That was brilliant, but that wasn't. That was not like um, that was not elevator music. That was like fighting talk. So I'm gonna bear with me with that. I'll get some packing punches talks, but maybe in the short term. I know we had a few questions for the candidates beforehand, and Victoria, and forgive me, but maybe there was one or two questions which you personally felt were really um, of key interest to yourself that you'd like to ask the candidate. Was there a first question that you'd like to open it to the floor, and maybe then the candidates can jump in? Yeah, sure, I'll start off with um, some questions. So the first question, How would your experience as a worker be of value in leading the profession through the changes that you guys have mentioned and that was mentioned in the initial letter and call to action? Right. Okay. so let me get the question on the screen. So I think it was this question. Is that right, Victoria? Yeah. Okay. great. So the floor is yours, guys. Whoever wants to jump in this question, may the victor win. Grab the spotlight. Tell me if anyone would like to reach out and go for it. We're all too polite. <laughs> all right, come on. They're gonna get, I'm going to get my ticking clock in a second. Who's going to jump on in? Well, I can go. I can. I can go first. Yes, go for it. Well, I have been as a as a worker. I have been um, sort of seeing the spectrum of. Uh, of, of different types of uh, practices. 
I've worked at small, smaller practices, medium-sized practice, and now in a sort of global uh, consultancy practice. So I know how things work in all scales, and there's some commonalities. Um, and I understand so there's some frustration with how practices work because they sign up to declarations and 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 then don't adhere to it. And we all know what that that word is. That that's called hypocrisy. And working as a work as a worker, I've been able to sort of speak truth to power, um, hold feet to fire, because I have a track record of challenging established organization structures that do not serve the communities that uh, they they're intended for. Um, and in my last role, um, I, I set up a social governance structure for race-related reporting where there wasn't any. And this was done through lobbying and, and collaboration with um, SLTs, the senior leadership team and HR teams, which res resulted to the review of, 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 of the process, um, the recruitment processes, uh, and, and try to collect data about who we are as individuals in, 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 in the office. And this led to a roadmap for developing um, and sustaining ethnic diversity, the first one that actually happened. Um, because as a worker, I realized that regardless of my age, my race, my level, it was important to use my voice to implement change, a much needed change. So yeah, as a worker, I, I, I feel like you get the, 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 the sort of blunt end of the stick, so to speak. But I do think that as a worker, you do have a chance to, to make change. And I think it resonates a little bit with the letter because we're here to make change and positive change for the better. Amazing. Well, there you go. All right. Let me take the solo layout off you. And well done for doing that because that takes a bit of steel to do that live. Now, I'm just going to quickly interject. So Joe from the audience says, it's super jumpy on LinkedIn. So if he's jumping around on LinkedIn, apparently YouTube is waste mover. Google has it down apparently and LinkedIn, come on, Microsoft, pick up your game because they can't handle the heat from this, Hustings. We're bringing too much fire down. So if you want to keep up with it, watch it on YouTube because apparently it's much smoother there. See, guys, we don't need to panic. It's actually, it's actually LinkedIn slash Microsoft. So Microsoft up your game and everyone check out the YouTube link, which is here. Actually, I'm just going to quickly interject because Tom Fargan, who is vice president on the RIBA, says, great introduction from the candidates and thanks for organizing this. Be interested to hear each of the candidates' views and connecting to wider membership, not just those who drop into Portland Place after work. Yes, that's very true. It's all talks about redoing Portland Place. And I kind of can see, having been there, how that would be good. But you're right, not everyone can geographically go to Portland Place. So maybe I I can open this up now there's one or two of you that might have mentioned portland place during this so and i'm not going to do the open it all anymore because i appreciate that can be a bit full-on but um i mean hannah do you have any thoughts about this or would you like me to move it to ben who i kicked off i mean i already kicked him off the live stream so i can't get any worse <laughs> in the books if you'd like me to pass the question to ben no it's, it's okay i can yeah i can answer this one um I think, you know, I'm not London based. So, you know, I'm in Oxford, which, you know, isn't a million miles away, but it's not, you know, I don't pop to London after work. You know, I even, you know, Oxford is a very privileged area and, you know, but we even, even 
Clinton for left out of the kind of London bubble and etc. So I think one of the best ways is, you know, the RIBA have the coveted architecture.com website. And I think that is also a place where they need to, you know, share events, not just the RIBA, you know, also promote other things that are happening in architecture and get the conversations going between those groups um connecting with young people through you know social media and you know not just going oh oh it's another international women's day or you know and tokenist gestures like that they need to actually support groups that already exist take a step back and give people that platform and you know they've got all these followers and all these members and you know they could give those to other organizations to help them well said, and look, it's always, it's always, look, it's always hard being jumped out, especially if anyone's never done the solar, solar layout, it can be pretty overwhelming. So thank you for that. And look, I am new at this, and I've been told I need to be, while I have inclusive views within architecture, I'm not being inclusive within the questions. So I need to say, is there anyone else here? Ben, where you at? Was there anyone I'd like to add on to Tom's questions or share your own views? Was there anything you'd like to add to that? And it's okay I mean, to say no. The, I've got something. Oh, Ben, yeah, go for I mean, it. Come on, let's get it on. The spotlight on you. Let's go. So I think part of the problem is, yeah, that that generally London-centric view that the river seems to have, whether it actually does, I don't know. Um, there are groups of architects all across the country you know, I know Birmingham and Manchester have groups of architects that have nothing to do with Reba. Why Why are they having to be separate? Why, why is Reba not hosting lots of events and encouraging discourse and, and using its, its clout as this international well-known establishment to have things happen outside of Portland Place? There are, there are some, you know, the Reba Southwest and everything, but my experience with them is admittedly limited. I'm, see, I'm in London, but my understanding is they're not particularly busy. Um, I think, yeah, it's moving away from being so London-centric, be, being so obsessed with Portland Place. Yes, it's a nice building, but as we can probably all agree at this point, architecture is not just about buildings. Well said, and I've got to unmute there. And Ben, while you're here now, so do you, I apologize for kicking you off earlier. We're friends. I care about you. I care about Ukraine. I appreciate you doing that. Do you forgive me for kicking you off earlier? Yes, let's move on. Good. And that's what we need as well in the next week. ROBA president is someone that's forgiven. So moving swiftly on. Thank you for I mean, that comment. Back. I can I can mention something on on that Tom's point you made about please, um, please, yes. please, please, please. So I think yes, like what my my colleagues have said um, is is it is true. We are very uh, London centric, and but which who isn't really? I think London or England, the UK actually is very London centric, um, and I. think one of the key is to create spaces for the vast groups that exist within our societies, uh, which are reflected within the RIBA. So that's you know, the black community, 
different racial groups, uh, LGBT communities, uh, and create events that cater for them. And that those events should be location agnostic. And talking about events, I am actually host. I'm trying to host hosting a, a an event uh, with partnership with Black Females in Architecture this summer, and I'm looking for a location. So Tom, if you actually uh, know of having suggestions for where that should should be, um, you can hit me up on LinkedIn or Instagram or something. Um, but I would like the Reba to be looking at events outside of <clears throat> outside of um, the silos of your Black History Month in, in October or your um, LGBTQ uh, Pride Month in, um, in, in June. And if you have a calendar of events, you can start to spread it around and include the regions, create space for the different groups um, so that it's not just people who can step into Portland place after work. It's actually about people around the regions, even people internationally, like things like this could happen as well <clears throat> that um, actually galvanize support for uh, the, the, the membership is my idea. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much as well. I know the solo layer can be a bit frustrating. You know, it's like, when does it end? But that was perfect. And I really appreciate it. Now, Simeon, who doesn't really want to be here, but is still here, you need to tell me, Simeon, if I'm staying too long on one question. But Tom, that was a great question. And thank you so much for adding it to the live stream. And I can see that we've got a few questions coming in. So thank you for that. I think that earlier I did mention this question before, which I can bring up really quickly. Um, oh, it was this one. Yeah, how will your experience as a worker be of value leading in the profession? The change is mentioned in the letter. Now, let me know. Is anyone or anyone to add to that or I'm going to move to the other questions? So candidates, are you happy with me moving swiftly on? Because I've got... I've got another question ready for you because you know me, I come with my questions. We're happy to move I, on. I'll just say something quickly. Um, Please. Um, so I think, um, you know, it seems like quite a hard question to answer, but recently yeah. I did the sort of RIBA student mentor program for Oxford Brook students. And all of a sudden you realize how much you've learned just by, you know, working in profession for however many years particularly surviving a pandemic and all the kind of, you know, it made everything worse in terms of, you know, people being put on furlough, you know, people being exploited, people, I, I know people that were on furlough and were still then forced to work. And, you know, it it all just got worse. And I think when, when you realise that actually we can help people that were just like us however many years ago and can help the youth understand mm -hmm what their options are, where we can improve the impression profession. Um, and actually, you know, I've just had a part one start that I've been helping out. I make sure that she has a better experience than I did because, you know, with the little power that I have, I might as well use it and do that so that, you know, you're improving standards from sort of bottom up, if you like. So I think that is sort of how I'd answer that question. 
Excellent and answered very well. Well, thank you so much, Anna. And this is why you're here. And this is why I think you are an awesome candidate. You're all awesome candidates. But hey, this is what it's all about is working. Which candidate here gravitates towards your views? And we're going to keep diving in more deep on that. But I'm struggling to keep up because I have the questions that we already said. And I'm already so excited to see so many participants from the audience, especially those who are handling the LinkedIn I don't know, lack drama. I appreciate your questions as well. So just before I move on to Mariam's questions, I'm going to say Tom says, excellent answers. Thank you so much. So thank you all on the stage for sharing it. I really appreciate that. And Jane Duncan says, very interesting discussion. She does ask a question as well, and we will deal with Jane's questions. But I think it's only fair that I go on to Mariam who has a question here. So, Mariam, I tell you what, I'm going to turn off this question here. I'm not going to put the spotlight on you because we're, we're with the curators. We can just chill out. So, Mariam, is there a question that you wanted in particular to ask the candidates? Hi, everyone. Yeah, so I, I'm really passionate about this, and I think we need a president to represent the profession and be the face of the Institute. So, But they must also possess the courage to change the culture of the organization. So we need a president who not only tolerates an atmosphere of elitism, uh, privilege and misogyny and racism, homophobia and ableism. These things have no place at the helm of a profession committed to progressive values. So how would you, as the next president, work with a vast group of people, no matter where they're from, what their background is, sexual orientation, gender, any of these things, and their experiences and cultures, and commit to rebuilding the relationships with those who feel most disenfranchised. I should also say neurodivergent as well and disabled people, we're not including these. So, you know, how would you make the RIBA more inclusive at this point? How would you bring people who aren't usually in the conversation to be in the conversation? Ooh, very good question. So is there anyone in particular that would like to jump on that? Otherwise in five seconds, I will pick a random name, but hey, who, the victor gets the spoils. Who would like to jump in? Um, I'll jump in. Sure. The floor is yours. Well, I think, first of all, you'd have to ask them what they, the, 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 how they, what their needs are and how they would like to be included. Um, because these groups are different, they're multicultural, and their challenges uh, are, are, are multi uh, multifaceted. So they need to be understood as uh, individual groups. Uh, but in to answer the, the, the question directly, who, are you ready to be the president? I think I, I think I am ready. I believe I am ready. Um, I've been a face of RIBA uh, initiatives in the past. Um, I was featured on the RIBA history for, for Black History Month uh, Instagram. Uh, like I said earlier, I've worked on uh, the Reba Radio. Um, I'm an ambassador for uh, Radio of London uh, Design Challenge. And I work with uh, charities and, and, and groups like POC in architecture. So I don't shy away from being an ambassador because I believe that uh, representation matters. It's important. And also because my, I myself have benefited from seeing and being seen a visible black and successful architect like uh, David Ajay in my youth. And I think he continues to still be um, a, uh, a mentor or, or a someone who I can look up to. Um, in terms of uh, uh, how to, the courage to change culture, I think I've 
in, in my earlier introduction, I've talked about how I, I change cultures in the practices that I've worked in. But I think the question is a lot more bigger than changing the culture within the RIBA. I think that we are here because we want the RIBA to use its influence to, to change the culture within the architecture industry. And with the, the ideas that have we have all talked about today, you know, with sanctions and fees in streamlining the process for reporting bad behavior. Um, but I also like to see the RIBA communicate better, communicate better with its members. We have 30 or 30 or thousand of us. It needs to communicate better with us. Um, it needs to poll us better. Um, every, in my office, we do poll surveys every quarter. So we under, they understand what they're going, what they're doing wrong and, and fix it. Um, I also like the RIB to communicate better with the communities that it serves and create messages that resonates well so that everyone understands, people who we work with understands our value and then pay us for it. Um, and, and in terms of dismantling barriers and dismantling privilege, uh, I've, I've talked about um, you know, the work that I've done with the multi-ethnic group I created in my previous practice, but I think it is about not creating silos. It's about creating spaces for people to have their voices heard. And I think the RIBA needs to communicate that a little bit better. Um, and that, that's what I think I, I would change as a, as a RIBA president. Excellent. Well, thank you for adding that. And good for you for jumping in on there. That's what we need. I can see that there's a few people saying brilliant questions to Tom Fuggin again, as well as Neil, who was awesome. Neil is actually new, a new fellow of the RIBA. So shout out to you, Neil. I haven't got any celebration music here, but we can get a bit of electronic dance music for you or something. So well done, Neil, on you becoming a fellow of the RIBA. I'm not sure if that was in your introduction, but have some dance music anyways. And Neil says, brilliant question, impossible the last two years, as well as flagging up that the RABA president should involve teaching in secondary school at some point in their term, not just a privileged school. It's very true when I was in architecture, well, wasn't it when I was in secondary school, I never heard of architecture as being taught in, 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 in school and it never popped up. So thank you, Neil, I really appreciate it. Now, I should probably keep going on because we've got lots and lots of questions and we've got only a little bit of time to uncover it. So perhaps I'm going to have a quick look next what question I should bring. But Victoria kindly mentioned that Tom, who earlier dropped a question, so thank you, Tom, if you're still here, we are doing your question. He said, I welcome the discussion of climate challenge, but it seems very data-driven. Is it practical? to make finding all the data mandatory, it looks like a lot of additional work for solo practitioners. So Victoria, maybe you want to add a little comment here where you thought that would be a good fit from here and, and we can open it up to the stage. Yeah, I think it's a really good question. And I think one of the main concerns that a lot of members have is if they're in a small practice or they're a solo practitioner, a lot of the work that is required from the um, climate commitment is very intensive and they don't have the resource to do it even if they want to. And the other side of that is with clients who are um, obviously, you know, your bread and butter, the clients that you've been working with for years, if they're resistant and they're not interested, how do you as a small practice or a sole practitioner navigate that? And how would you guys as Reaper president discuss with the membership and 
support those those members who don't have the resource to actually achieve the goal, even if that is their desire? Ooh, very good question. So Moira, I know you're killing it. You're killing it. And I'm quite impressed. Well, I'm going to give Anna and Ben a little, little, little chance here to jump in, unless you want, you don't want to jump in on the question. Anna, I can hear the chair moving. Does that mean you'd yep. like to jump I'm in? Yeah, ready. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it's a very good question. I mean, I... I work at a small practice. I always get lumped with filling in all the uh, spreadsheets because uh, no one else knows what any of it is or wh why it's important. Um, so I end up doing it. Uh, so I do I do appreciate it's a lot of work. I just think, you know, there are already not just the climate challenge, but even being an RBA charter practice, you have to fill in certain project data. You know, this is there. The RBA know what you're working on. And I think we could start to, you know, maybe celebrate those places that are doing really well and being you know climate kind of friendly but also you know i take you know we take feedback from the industry itself if you're saying you can't you know you can't meet those tasks that we're setting then we needs to be some funding and some support for that um you know i i recently presented at a secondary school and you know the the student asked me is it not the responsibility of the architects to ensure that what they design is sustainable? And, you know, I should be able to answer that as categorically yes. And unfortunately, you know, we can't really hide behind the, oh, our clients, you know, oh, it's up to them. But we need to push it as much as we can as our duty of care. But also, you know, what I'm saying is, you know, there could be support for those who need it if it's not working for particularly sole practitioners, but also it could be based on what, what your carbon footprint is, what the practice's carbon footprint is. Like, you know, we're not going to say that you've got a big practice doing fancy, like fancy, huge eco green roof passive house stuff, but they've got an office where everyone commutes in, where everyone, you know, all the computers that they use, everything, and their actual practice carbon footprint, whereas the sole practitioner is obviously their carbon footprint's great, especially if they work from home, if they cycle, whatever. So that would be factored in, I think, into sort of the overall impact of your work. Um, Fun. Excellent. Yeah. Well, but look, that's really, really, really useful. Look, and I'm, I thank you for that. So I need to, I need to do a virtual round of applause. I'm sure there's a lot of people clapping listening to that. And a reminder, because we're probably going to be going on for another 30 minutes, 40 minutes if there's overtime. So this is really the chance to ask the questions to the candidates. So I'm not going to pick on Ben unless he's got up. Oh, he's back. He's back. Don't worry. Don't worry. Ben, I've got a question coming from you that I'd love your thoughts on. So I want to hear this. So Sam has dropped a question, and I've got to condense it a little bit because – it's the end of the day and my brain goes a bit crazy. But Sam says, even before starting, you these students are told to potentially doing all-nighters to succeed in their course. You need to do those all-nighters. And I'm sure we've all been there. I used to be in the studio. And, you know, it's like people saying, like, I've been up two days straight to do the work. And I don't think that's sustainable. I used to be the guy jamming up the printer because I couldn't get it to work. So do you think practices exploit this so the question is how can we call out practices which have a culture and we all know the ones that we're talking about we're not going to say the names here but you know the ones 
would say, you know, that there's, you hear that a lot of people work long times. How can we call out this culture and how can we prevent it from continuing in union work? So, Ben, you did mention in your speech, particularly over time, I will love in particular your thoughts on how you think we, we tackle this problem. I mean, I think the way you tackle the problem primarily is you don't go after the practices, you go after uni because you go to university and that is what is instilled in all of us. We are, we are driven to be as competitive as possible, to hoard all of our knowledge and to have our beautiful little design that we work on by ourselves forever, all night, every night, at the sacrifice of everything. Despite the fact that as soon as you get into practice, at the very least, you'll talk to an engineer once. So you're not doing it by yourself. So we are trained for at least five years that the way you become good at architecture is by not working with anyone else and by working yourself ragged, which is utter crap. <gasps> you got to be careful. So, you might get me banned on LinkedIn. <laughs> I got a beat button so, here. If anyone wants to, sw or anyone wants to swear, can you hear? So it's, it was utter <laughs> right? Yeah, but I yeah, agree with you. That. It is utter. It is utter. So, if the RBA is actually intending to tackle this, like they claim they would when FAF spoke to them last year, I think the key thing is that when they assess university courses, one thing that's looked at should be how much, how many all-nighters are people doing. In, the, in an average week, how long are people actually working? And if it's extreme, which it probably will in most places, then they tell the course, okay, you fix it or you're not accredited anymore. And that's, that's, that I think is, is the, the hardest and quickest way to deal with this. Then mm. you look at practices and again, Reba needs to actually do something about its chartered practices. It needs to be less less timid about sanctioning practices who aren't treating their employees right. The chartered code of practice should have something in it restricting overtime and requiring any overtime to be paid and, mm. and mutually agreed. Well, because so. otherwise we're going to be in this perpetual cycle until eventually we all get sick of it and quit architecture and become pottery makers and painters and interior designers and logo designers and recruitment consultants. Oh gosh. Anything to stay away from buildings. Or we, you know, go and suddenly all manage to unionize, which is probably a lot more work, mm. but worth it anyway. Well said. Look, and I'm going to give you a round of applause because it's a ballsy question. It's difficult. Because, and that's the one for a lot of our minds. You're right. FAF did a good job of bringing it up last year and pushing on that course. But where are we with that conversation? And I think it's a good point and it's a good thing for us to talk about in 2022. So and I think this is going to be a question that's on a lot of people's minds. So if any of the other candidates want to add anything to this, I am more than happy to jump uh, for you to jump into it. So 
And Ben mentioned a good point of getting into the universities and getting rid of this whole fountain pen situation of us as architects dying on the work, getting the submissions in at 3 a.m. And that could be one way to look at it. But um, do you guys also have I, any thoughts? I don't. I Well, I think that is a, is a good idea. I don't think I don't see how it could be practical, practical, because I don't see how the Reaper can police that, you know, um, I think when it what Dreamer can do is police its members, um, and its members are the members members who employ people. Um, so practices they, they employ people, they can actually police their a little bit their behavior. So sanctioning, striking them off the the list. Um, but also, I think I think prevention is a little bit better than than cure. So a way to solve that issue um, potentially is to work on better types of projects um, and 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 also be a little bit closer to you know uh, a green initiatives green finance institute pe people who have who, who have money finance who are going to finance green and better better buildings so that um, when we're working we're working on things that we enjoy, which is similar to what you're doing in university, but we don't want it to be as sort of prevalent and, and mean-spirited and um, you're working over time for peanuts. We want to do a good job and get compensated for the good job that we do. So we need to get better projects, get paid more, and the conversation about pay and working hours dissipates or dies down a little because you are doing something that you, you like and you're interested in and that makes a difference, but also you're paid for the value that you're creating. So I think one of the civil, one of the civil bullets will be the rebirth partnering and, and, and being it a little bit more closer to getting those greener, futuristic um, technology-enabled um, uh, funds to be more visible within the architecture industry so that smaller practices and, and and can can get you know part of the slice of the pie that um that um all that is that has been sort of commandeered by the larger practices like fosters and and what have you i think well, that is, is, is an issue well there you go well, look hey it's not this is the point it's a debate as well we're all friends here but you know we've got different opinions and how we want to go about things and that's what this should be all about and i love to hear it so thank you both for sharing it but i think i guess at this point since this is, this is such a hot topic especially in this year and where we are with all the fees that we pay to study architecture and work in the industry and to go into it and then you're working overtime i reckon a lot of us are going to be wanting to know the answer to this question so and as if you if you want to try to jump in on this as well, then please feel free before we move on yeah. if you'd like to. Yeah, I just you know um, I just like you know to add you know we do we do need a bit of education reform. Everyone knows that we've all endured the unnecessary pain and money that's required to some to you know just get a degree. Um, you know there does need to be education reform, but you know the main priority is when you come out of of uni and you come to the workplace that you're not exploited because it is this culture of you know 
oh, I can't report anything because I mean nothing. I have no authority. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful to have a job. This kind of culture needs to end. And that will only come through things like trade unions, you know, connecting workers together and, you know, things like this, where we're all talking about it instead of, you know, yes, okay, we need to go to the pub and argue about it as well. But, you know, we also need to do something about it and improve things for all the future generations. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, perhaps having representatives of workers like this initiative, trade unions, and the, you know, unpaid overtime is obviously the key. I mean, that is the root of all malpractice and um, kind of irresponsible business management that we all see and have all experienced. You know, why do we do part three where they teach you business for dummies and then, you know, you go, you work in practice and some of them don't even keep timesheets or know whether they're making any profit. It's just so irresponsible. Yeah. Mm. So I think yeah. Well, look, I agree. And look, really good food for thought. Yeah, I can see that we've even had a few comments come from the audience. So Sandra says, instead of prevention, there could be loads done with students who need the most support, even if it's something like a student organization similar to what the AIA does in Australia. Is this a possibility? Well, Sana, I'll find out exactly what they do, but who knows? I guess that's the point that hopefully with the next ROBA president, if we have one of these guys who are actively talking about it, then this is an agenda that will be brought to the forefront of the forum, I guess, the open forum, the council, whatever you want to call it. And Sana, thank you for joining here. I love in particular what you do with Scale, so I will do a quick shout out to you. Sorry, guys, this is not sponsored, but Sana's stuff is awesome. Moving on swiftly. Okay, 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 okay. I'm buying myself time because I'm thinking, oh, what question do I need to bring up next? So I think what I'm going to do, and I'm thinking on the fly, because this is live, is that anyone that's asked a question in the live audience, because I really value their participation, I'm going to do that. And there will be a hosting, just so everyone knows, there will be a hosting that I am going to schedule after this one for next week. And any other questions that we don't cover, we will cover in that session. But in the meantime, in this session, in during this live stream, we have an ex-president. You know, an ex-president, that's quite official. An ex-RBA president has asked a question, said, very interesting discussion. How would the candidates ensure that young architects' views are shared and heard by members around the world? Maybe that's social media, maybe that's in person, maybe that's Portland Place, who knows? It's a very interesting topic, but how are we going to get this um, institution which some people feel very isolated from some people feel very included. But how do we reach out to those people, and especially people that are studying architecture now, to get involved with the RIPA? Does anyone have any thoughts on Jane's question that they'd like to jump in before I pick a name for the random hat? I mean, is it too simplistic to say memes? Memes! Because right. that worked for Future <laughs> Architects Front, didn't it? Well, it's a good point, isn't it? Because I mean, some people... Yeah, people say, you know, memes, is it, is it professional? But uh, if the agenda is pure and it has such a big outreach ban, it's not a bad suggestion, right? Carry on. I think, again, it basically comes back to this issue that the RBA seems to have about the way it communicates 
anything to anyone. You know, yeah. we've all said it in answer to various different questions. It's not clear what it's doing for us. It's not clear how it works. It's not clear what's going on. It's not clear how you can be remotely engaged without literally going to a physical building in London. So, you know, it's it, it should be employing people who are actually aware of the plight of younger people and can talk to that from a place of experience. Like, for example, having a president like one of us. Um, and it's about encouraging a discourse with younger people and having events that are not tied to a specific location. Having things like this at potentially a time that can work across multiple time zones and allowing us here to talk to our, you know, compatriots in America, or I guess Australia is technically feasible, but probably a bit difficult. Um, things need, we spent two years sat in our homes doing everything online. Yet there's still a, 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 a complete focus on physical things, which are good, but it, there needs to be a more modern way of communicating with people in a medium that we actually use rather than, you know, yes, they have that amazing website domain and there's good stuff on it, but also maybe don't just rely on people going on your website to know what's there you going go. on. Well, there you go. You're right. So you've got the memes. I'm going to say sound effects. I like sound effects. I think they kind of help a bit break up from the norm. That's that's my tidbit that I've learned is that with all these live streams, people switching off. If I do like a noise that people are interested in, I tend to keep the viewer account going. So that's my little secret that I will share as well. So thank you for sharing that. I'm going to drop in Brian's throw up one or two comments, which I think is important, which he said, there's been a trade union action going for the last part and uh, two years, which is really interesting. And I'm going to try and get them on the Architecture Social podcast as well. But I, it is interesting seeing all these movements. So thank you, Brian, for talking that. And I can see that you're talking about getting involved in the local chapters of the RIBA, which is awesome. Jane dropped a comment, which I think is interesting, is that you've got it. You can rip up on the communication <laughs> mediums. I you know what? A quick story, Jane. I was, I was in the audience. You did a turncoat event. I believe when you were the ROB president or just finished your tenure, and I really enjoyed your wicked sense of humor and all that you've done. So actually, I'm gonna do a round of applause and a quick trumpet. There you go, we got a trumpet for Jane, the ROBA president, and a clap. There you go, thank you, Jane, for all the awesome stuff that you've done. Pass it down the gauntlet to the next generation. So I can see a whirly bar there, someone's Maybe connected, disconnected. I think poor old Victoria has been disconnected. Maybe something in the audience. We'll get um, Victoria back. Don't worry, Victoria, we'll bring you back. But while Victoria, I'm going to kick out the Victoria clone. Hopefully not Ben Champion this time because I'm going to get really in trouble for my hosting. Ben's still here. The old Victoria's gone. Mariam, you, know, you are my guardian angel keeping the show on the road. Is there, I can see we've maybe got another 10 to 20 minutes left. Do you think there's a good question that we can bring up next that I've missed and then I'll type it in? Sure. Um, I think one of the interesting things is uh, 
you know, as a president, what would you do to encourage those skeptical about the institution to uh, engage and change as well? Like those who are going to say, you know, the RIA can't do this and they can't do that. You know, what's what's your strategy? Good question, because I do know, I even know practice owners who say, I'm not so sure about the RIBA. I'm not going to bring up those names, but as Mariam said, how would we address that and get people to engage? Is there anyone that would like to jump in or I should Harry Potter style pick a name from the hand? Well, I think that it's basically sort of, you know, no, no one feels represented in the RIBA. So that's why we have, you know, this initiative, but also, you know, I don't, we, a lot of people only sign up because, you know, each chartered practice needs to have a certain amount of members to be RIBA. Like, that's just not really good enough, is it? Like, so, and they don't understand, again, you know, Ben was saying, what is it for? What does it do for us? And I think, you know, and Jane's point about communication, that all of those things brought together, people would understand why it's actually beneficial, how it can actually help them. And if they see people that are like them, they would go, oh, okay, there's, I'm represented by the RBA. This, this is something for me. Um, and I think those kind of, I know that sounds it's pretty simplistic, but that I think is the sort of starting point. I think also um, the point about, you know, getting young architects involved is no, you know, the only time that I was asked by the RBA about my course was just before we got our marks and we were all terrified that we would get marked down if we said something bad about our professors. So at no point where was there any opportunity for what I understand. I mean, there probably is somewhere, but I was never, I never saw it. You know, I, you know, we pay for the PDRs and you've got our names on a list somewhere. Why aren't you sending us information on, Oh, I'd like to have your feedback on how was your part one placement? How did how did the RABA course prepare you for part one? How how does how does you know university and and sort of real life compare? Um, and that information you'll start to realise everyone's saying the same things and everyone's saying you know why that's probably why they haven't joined the RABA because they do feel like they're cut out and they're not being asked these questions. So I think that was be my point on that. Well said. I think I think that's um, very interesting viewpoint. So I'm going to continue. I have I have a, yeah. I have a point to make on this one actually. Please. Um, as a start, I think as 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 a president, I would want to hear what the members actually want and just be back on what um, Hannah said. You know, talk to talk to the people that that are are part of your membership, right? Um, are the Reba talking to them enough? In my experience, uh, they aren't actually, um, because I don't think I've been part of any survey, uh, or if there was a survey, I don't know where it is. Um, and well, what I what I know is of what I've learned over the past few years of being an architect is part of being good at your job is having the connections, um, establishing those connections, and then uh, leveraging those connections that you have. And the Reba could be the way everyone in the membership connects with one another and in the moment we're not connecting with one another in any meaningful way and that we needs to facilitate that and you can facilitate that through providing resources that are accessible 
So resources about career development, for example, um, I noticed like the law society do that. They do talks about with different people in different levels, people who are returning from work, from <clears throat> maternity leave, um, like the paralegals and things like that. They do that. Um, we provide resources like CPDs that are financially accessible because at the moment, the Reba CPDs suck. Um, some of them are <laughs> like 600 pounds, 1,000 pounds. We're talking about like, like poor wages. How, how does an individual not earning enough money pay for a thousand pound CPD. It doesn't make sense. Um, so anyway, just to summarize, I think it's, everyone has said it, you know, comms is is an issue. Um, did, did Reba have enough comms people? Um, and if they if they do, do we need to like, if they, if they, if they don't, maybe hire more people. If they do, if they do we need to like sort of reallocate um, 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 uh, uh, readjust and reprioritize what they are communicating and how they, that this money is spent, because um, we are a creative industry and we need to be creative. Like Jane said, we need to be we need to rip up the whatever we're doing because it's not working and be creative about how we we communicate to one another and our membership. Excellent, excellent. I was typing because I actually kicked myself off the live stream. Which goes off to say my hosting skills, but hey, we're doing it all live here. We're having a bit of fun, so thank you. That's why I was distracted, and that's why I was typing. I was listening to you until I kicked myself off. But why I was typing as well is that I've got to do my duty and say that this year, what we're all about in this hustings is getting your opinions because we want everyone to hear about you. Because this is a call to action, and what this is about is. Um, this is kind of an alternative campaign because, hey, anyone can vote for who they want. And I encourage anyone to vote. But what we are doing is providing alternative votes. We're hearing what um, Ben has to say. We're hearing what Hannah has to say. And we're hearing just what you have to say here, which I really appreciate because people can then choose to vote for you. Now, there's a whole procedure that we're going to and we're going to do hustings again next week. But one of the things I've been told to do, and I'm going to bring it up here. And so, guys, you need to tell me if this works or not, because i done a few things, which is overlay. So I did an architecture meme. So this is one of my architecture memes, and that's not what we're here about today. But we're here if that works. And I've got my David Brent, you know, you know, when you're asking for a pay rise, not impressed, all that stuff. But I've also got here a slide, and hopefully we can bring it up and get rid of the question. So... I'm going to get rid of the question, but what we've got here is a QR code where you in the audience can rank the candidates according to today's Hustings performance, who you really like. So Henry, the poor chap, has unfortunately not been able to attend. So Henry, love you to death, and we'll hear from you in next week's Hustings. But if you forget Henry for a second, but if, for instance, you like any of the candidates, like Moiwa's or Hannah's or Ben's viewpoints, you should click this QR code and then you can rate where your preference is. Perhaps Ben snuck his opinion in and you were like, you know what, I really like what Ben said right before Steve kicked him off. Or you might actually really like what Hannah had to say. 
or my or perhaps what he said about the CPDs. You thought, you know what? I don't like the CPDs. They are a little bit rubbish. I didn't say that. He did. But but maybe you shared an opinion. And the point is, you can choose here what is your pre preference. Now we're all friends. We're all all for the common goal. But the point of this is that it's a call to action. It's a bit of fun, but it could actually make a serious change. And that's what we're all about. And all the things that we talked about here could actually happen. Wouldn't that be nice? I used to think sometimes, will my vote go somewhere? And if you're that person, well, yes, your vote does go somewhere. And you can start by saying who you felt today was the best person. So I've got that QR code here, and I'm sure there's a link that someone's going to share with me. So I'm going to put the link up on the screen. So if you can't scan a QR code, I'm going to put it in the chat. And what I'm going to quickly do, sorry, gang, I'm writing this on the fly. But here is the link, which is www.menti.com forward slash. Oh, my goodness, I can't say all that. But just pause the video, type it in, and you can say who you think will be better. Now, this is the first hastings. We've got about five minutes left. Well, I will schedule after this a second hastings, and there's so many questions, which I don't really think we're going to cover today. We've been going for, I think now, was it an hour and 20 minutes? I only think it's fair to give the candidates who are here probably a breather. And also, this is a reminder that you can reach out to any of these individuals in person. Now, I know that we've had a few problems here on LinkedIn, but you can reach out to them on LinkedIn. You can find out more on the FAF Instagram. As well as that, there's information on the community forum and website that I run, thearchitecturesocial.com. Now, I'm going to quickly check if there's any private links here, um, anything that's popped in. I can see that the coast is clear. I haven't got any prompts to say like Anchorman yet. But if you were one of the persons that had problems on LinkedIn, because LinkedIn can handle the heat, you need to check out the live replay that is on YouTube where the sound works perfectly and we will tear up all the stuff that we said and we will get those instant clicks because we're going to do it. You know, no problem. We're going to do it. But enjoy this show. So on that basis, now I am going to open this up. And Brian, don't worry. You can check the presentations we're on before and we have another Huston next week. So don't worry, Brian, we will be there. But what I'm going to say now is I'm going to get rid of this and open it up. So, Mariam, I'm going to just shove it over to you for a second. Is there anything that you'd like to add um, to what I've just said for anyone watching the live stream? I think I just want to clarify that, you know, our position here is really to encourage people to vote. And we're really yes. part of the process. And that's kind of what we want out of this. Um, we think that young people really are the future and they should engage to vote. If you're old enough to vote for the country, why can't you be, you know, you're more than old enough to vote for the RIA elections as well. So I think uh, it was a really good debate. Very nice to hear from all the candidates and some exciting, exciting things coming up to the RIBA gates and maybe some actual change. So uh, I just kind of wanted to say, what is your last one minute, you know, sentence that you would like to say, you know, to end? What would you do? Oh, do you want to pick one person in first to, to put that I'll to? I'll pick them. You know, let's pick them. As in, what would I do as president? Yes. Or what do I think people should do? <laughs> people should vote, <laughs> obviously. 
Um, and yeah, I think as president, uh, a key thing is this communication. It's got to get improved with Reba and what it's doing. It needs to improve that across the board. And hopefully as younger people, that's something we're good at. Yeah, good. So then you, and, do, you, do, uh, you do a TikTok page, you know, do a TikTok dance with us. Yeah, let's do some TikTok. Let's Not do that I know some, how TikTok works. We will, we will <laughs> do some, some TikTok. Right. Well, I tell you what, I can see who's just joined the live stream. I'm going to be very gentle because poor Henry has just caught us at the end. But Henry, we've got the next questions as well. I'm going to bring you to the live stream. But Henry, we've been kind of going back and forth in the debate. I'm so glad you're here. Or maybe because you can join us in the next lessons. But do you want to give us a little bit of an insight of why um, you threw your hat in the ring and people can hear you live now. But first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Put that, why you put your hat in the ring and then what maybe we can talk about next week with you. Fine. So I'm, a, I'm actually a sustainability consultant. So I'm an architect, but I work as a sustainability consultant. And I was the youth representative on this, the sustainable development on the REBA Ethics and Sustainable Development Commission. That was a one-year commission in 2018 to help REBA get its house in order. And basically, that sort of said that REBA should provide leadership on ethics and sustainable development, demand ethical and sustainable architectural practice, and demonstrate a commitment to public interest. So the, the REBA Council adopted those findings, but you know, it's four years later, and uh, not much has been carried through. So I think whoever is a candidate, that's kind of what they should be um, looking to put into action, basically. So I mean, you know, I think you should be quite constructively critical about REBA. I've got a friend who does business to business publishing and he's worked with lots of professional institutions in the UK. And his views that basically, you know, Reba is still much more relevant to the architecture profession um, and the built environment than, for instance, the law society is to solicitors. So you don't find many lawyers criticizing the law society because they don't actually care as much in the way that we care about Reba. So basically, it's kind of like we criticize it because we think it could do um, so much more stuff and could do it better. So, for instance, the Reba 2030 challenge it exists but it doesn't get the same traction as the AIA's, um, the American Institute of Architects 2030 challenge that the REBA one was modeled on. So REBA as a second mover, you know, had the opportunity to learn from the AIA and do it better. And the targets are better, but there's nowhere near the same level of investment in the REBA's version than there is in the AIA. It's kind of like, it's been done all right. There's some resources, but you know, the AIA challenge has like reporting portals, loads of detailed tools. And it's a really fundamentally part of what being a member of the AIA is about. And I think it's kind of the same for ethical practice is that, you know, reproduces good guidance, but there's not much done to police and investigative investigate like exploitative practices. So, you know, I think with that responsibility of being a chartered member or chartered practice, there is a sort of uh, real responsibility to behave ethically. And, you know, it doesn't feel like that necessarily uh, or, or where that line is, is clear to everybody. Um, so basically, I work as a sustainability consultant for the same reason, for exactly the reasons I want to reform the, prof uh, the profession. It's basically when I did my part two, my research degree wasn't really valued by the architecture um, profession in the ways that my information, my architectural and design and uh, sort of basically information production skills were. And like basically, it was always treated as a nice to have. Um, so I didn't want to spend my early years in practice being unable to do like that work. So I went to an engineering practice where you know, I could actually build my sustainable design expertise. And I think that opportunity should exist in architectural practice and it is starting to, 
but I think a lot more could be done. Um, and it also being a sustainability consultant means that I work for, so Max Borden, where I work is a kind of pioneer of employee ownership and we're paid for every hour we work. Um, you know, you're invited to join the partnership for four years and basically all decisions are made, important decisions are made on like one partner, one vote. And I think that should probably exist more in architecture practices and I don't see any reason why not. So there we are. It's my little summary. Excellent. Well, I tell you what, let me, Henry, I'm so glad you joined us. And uh, hey, you know, you kind of came in at the end here. Sorry. I've had a bit of a a day. You've had one of these days, but that's no problem. That's what happens. But again, so you can hopefully join us at the next Hustings, but perhaps anyone that resonated towards that, maybe you stole the show, Henry, at the last hurdle. Who knows? And that's the whole thing. And I really appreciate you sharing that. But Henry, one quick thing. I'm going to keep the spotlight for you in one second because what I'd like to do is hear, uh, and that was a really nice generalistic view, which is really insightful. But if you can perhaps give me that 20 second, 30 second um, elevator pitch or Instagram pitch so that we can cut it up. And so for all the TikTokers out there who's got um, a 20 second attention span, what would they, what should they know about you? And why should they vote for you? So, I mean, I basically, I have, my career has been dedicated so far into, you know, making like actually persuading architects um, and moving clients to doing things much more sustainably in practice. And I think that's exactly what I think I'd be looking to do um, with the profession. Is it every year you've got one year to make an, to make an impact. And uh, that would be my main focus um, is dealing with, dealing with, you know, how the profession addresses the climate emergency. Um, Excellent. There you go. I think that was bang on, like 20 or so seconds or so. So thank you, Henry. We'll hopefully get you as well next week. And that's the thing. It's not just one hustling, it's for two, because we all know you're busy. We all know you're out there. And that's what this is all about. So I think on that note, it's been an awesome hour and 25 minutes. I'm going to remind everyone that you can participate in the or banner that was put up before of who you think today um, resonated towards you. Did Henry steal the show at the last second? Hey, it happened. Put him at the top if you want. If not, you could, you've could. you got a lot of some people. What about Ben or Hannah or Maya said earlier? You can put that as well. But if you're not fully convinced yet, don't worry. Next week, there's going to be another Hustings, which is going to be live streaming on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook on the the Architecture Social channels. It's a decentralized campaign, but you can check it out for the Architecture Social. If you're one of the people on LinkedIn and had problems, I really recommend that you follow the channel and just look out um, on YouTube because that seems to be the most steady way to view the live stream. I'm sorry, it's got, we've got like eight people in. So it really is a new uncharted territory for me. I'm, I'm familiar with two or three people, but not seven. But I think we got there. And if that internet, if that connection interrupted for you, do check out the recording. It will all be on YouTube for you to watch. But on that basis, I'm going to sign out now and I'm going to do a bit of a round of applause for everyone. So we're going to do a clap for you all being here. So... Oh, what amazing, Mary, amazing Victoria. I feel sorry for, for you because uh, I know, bless you, your connections was going in and out. But don't worry, you've been here. You've been amazing. Hopefully not everyone's downloading in the household. Benjamin, you've been really awesome. And sorry for kicking you off on the live stream. It's very tempting to do it again. 
but I know that would be a bit too far of a joke. Thank you, Ben, for being here. And Hannah as well. I really appreciate all the viewpoints you shared and being with us. And Henry, I know you've had a difficult day personally, and you made it in the end, and that's all that counts. So on that note, I'm going to end the live stream here. Everyone on the stage, please stay on the stage for two seconds. Don't disconnect just yet unless you really are fed up with me. Otherwise, stay on the stream for two seconds. I'm going to end the broadcast now. And thank you, everyone, for watching us. Have a good night. Take care.